This is the Epilogue audio experience. So when you see an expert, you know, navigating the waters or you see like somebody who's really good at it, they make it look easy. But what uh, what you what you can't see is the amount of uh, pain and effort and all the suffering that they have been through to get to the level that, that they are. And kayaking is a team sport, but it's a team sport that is done individually. You're like standing on top of a rapid and you think, oh man, this is so hard. How am I going to do it? And uh, you're, you're having this conversation like, you know, these are all the things that can go wrong and I can get into some serious amount of trouble. Hello and welcome to the Passion People podcast. You're listening to season two, episode 26. And I am your host, Naga. The Passion People podcast chronicles stories of people who follow their passion and make it manifest in tangible ways so you can get inspired and get one step closer to what it is that you're passionate about. In today's episode, we are in conversation with Manik, who is a whitewater kayaker and a mountain biker when he is not creating amazing code. During our conversation, we touched upon what inspired Manik to take up the kayak why he loves the outdoors so much and the kind of impact the sport has had on him. Manik runs an outdoor adventure company called Goodwave Adventures in Bangalore. I know you might be wondering whether Bangalore is such a great place to run a kayaking company. You'll have to wait and tune into the episode to find out and get the answer. If you like episodes like these and you're interested in adventure, you should check out our related episodes with Satyarup Siddhartha, who is a world record holder for summiting the seven peaks of the seven continents and also the seven volcanic peaks. And also, there's another episode where I've interviewed a very good friend of mine, Ganesh, who runs an adventure company, literally called Adventures Unlimited. And he runs this along with his law practice. And I think these episodes are really cool as well. You can find the links to these episodes on the show notes. While it is not easy for any of us to stay at home and be restricted due to COVID-19, there is a segment of population for whom it's even more difficult and who need our help and support even more. These are individuals who don't have a cushy job that allows them to work from home or conventional government support under traditional CSR funds. So, as a content creator, due to the reach that we have, we've created a list of such organizations And we believe in their cause. If you find the content of this podcast meaningful and would like to make a contribution, it would mean a lot to me if you can support their efforts. Even if you can't support their efforts, even if you just spread the word and pay it forward, it would be amazing. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Naga. Uh, I'm so happy to be on uh, the Passion People uh, podcast. And and yeah, I mean, it's a nice day outside. Pretty, pretty chill for an April afternoon. And it's a bit of a pity that you can't step out, but, uh, but it is what it is. Yes, uh, we are all uh, physically isolating ourselves, uh, though not socially. So we're still connected. Well, that's good. It's one good thing about the internet, right? So even though people are far apart, they can still uh, communicate. Uh, my parents live in Pune. My brother lives in, in the Netherlands. You know, I have family like scattered all over the place. So so yeah, uh, thank 
uh, I thank the gods, the internet gods, whoever, for a pretty good internet connection all, all over the world, so that uh, it still feels that I can be in touch with them uh, on a regular basis. So. Absolutely, and also the you know I think it's also a privilege that we all have to be able to work from homes and still keep our jobs and have internet connectivity to teach our children and have uh, continue to keep these jobs uh, so that we can uh, continue working at home. Right, right. Absolutely. Manika, a good place to start uh, would be to tell our uh, listeners what what your passion is and uh, you know how you're making it manifest. So, uh, by profession, I'm uh, actually a software architect. I'm working for Nutanix. Uh, I I've been working for the I've been in the in this field for about the last twenty years or so. But uh, my main passion is the outdoors, and uh, I'm a whitewater kayaker and a mountain biker as well. It's called Good Wave Adventures. It's India's first company that's dedicated towards whitewater kayaking, uh, both as a school as well as, you know, where we retail uh, high-quality whitewater equipment. I've been kayaking for the last uh, 11 years or so. And in, 2000, in 2015, I became a whitewater kayak instructor. And wow. I was certified by the uh, by the American Canoe Association. So I'm uh, at, at that time I used to be the only I mean India's only certified whitewater kayak instructor. Now there are a couple more, and uh, started Good Wave in 2014. So we've been running it for the last six years. We've we've created some sort of and um, how do I say this? We, we've kind of created like a a niche of kayakers who also have jobs, right? Uh, I mean, before before Good Wave came along, a lot of the uh, kayaking in India was done because it was a profession. Like uh, people in Rishikesh, people in Ladakh, they, they they did it because they had no other alternative. What we wanted to do was we wanted to start like uh, Good Wave so that people could pursue this as a hobby, as as like a recreational sport, just something that you do on weekends. We uh, we, we refer to such people as weekend warriors, right? So from Monday to Friday, they have a job and then uh, Saturday, Sunday, they go out and uh, follow their dreams and follow their passion and do something different uh, rather than just going out to a pub or going out to a party and whatnot, right? Right. I think over the last uh, over the last six, seven years, uh, we probably have trained about five, about maybe 600 to 700 people. And out of that, uh, we we have we have a group of maybe eighty to one hundred people who have gone on to become serious kayakers. And by serious kayakers, I mean they've actually made investment in themselves in terms of like take, going through the courses, uh, becoming proficient where they can uh, tackle rivers on their own, as well as investing in the equipment, right? Buying kayaks for themselves and buying all the protective gear that is needed to go kayaking. Mm-hmm. And that essentially makes Bangalore like the highest concentration of recreational kayakers in India. Right? Even though we've seen the sport catch up, we, we get a lot of clients during the season from Bombay, from Delhi, you know, from pretty much all over India. We, we get a lot of people from as far as Calcutta as well. So that's great to see that uh, this is something that's catching up all over the country. But but yeah, the majority of the people still uh, come from Bangalore. Right. So... Can you take us back and uh, wind back the clock to tell us how uh, you know you got into kayaking and mountain biking and how uh, whitewater kayaking is different from regular kayaking? So um, this is way back in uh, 2009. I had just finished my masters from from Amsterdam. 
I was back in India. I was looking for something to do. I was looking uh, to pick up, you know, a hobby. Actually, you know, let's start it. I was not looking to pick up a hobby. I, I I had some time between the time that I started a job. I had a couple of months. So uh, there are a few things on my bucket list that I wanted to do. One of them was to go mountain biking in Ladakh, and the other one was to go raft on the on the on the Ganga. Got in touch with a few people that I used to know before I I left for my studies, and uh, asked them, you know, if I could like you know join on a raft trip. So I signed up for a three-day uh, expedition on the Ganga. So it was a three-day raft expedition on the Ganga, and uh, my perception of like uh, rafting was, you know, that that. that if i gone to the raft i would like really you know understand how one can navigate a river right so that was my real interest there but when i actually got on the raft i found that it was like a pretty i mean it was it, it was fun but you know for the whole experience was a little bit dumbing for me you know because the guide behind me said go forward and you know everybody forward the guide said stop and then everybody stopped so the whole time you know it was just very regimental and you know just following orders and i i couldn't figure out there is something that i'm doing over here I, i'm just following orders uh, blindly and that that didn't really you know satisfy me and uh, but while i was there i saw these kayakers and they they were like you know in in their own kayaks kayak is like this plastic boat uh, and there are many different types of kayaks but I, i'll maybe touch upon this later uh but essentially the uh, you you have you have a type of kayak called the white water kayak uh, where you, you're kind of sitting into this in, into this small plastic shell and uh, there is and, and you you kind of you're, you're more or less trapped into your into your kayak uh, in such a way that water cannot enter the boat and even if you flip over uh, you are able to uh, keep the water out So when I saw these kayakers, you know, on 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 the Ganga, I uh, I, I immediately felt that this is something that I want to pursue because they were kind of in control of where they were going. They were uh, tackling the white water by themselves. They were reading the the river. Uh, they were navigating the lines, and that really, you know, got me interested. So two years later, after I was back in Bangalore, I I kind of talked to the people who had organized this rafting expedition the Ganga and I asked them if I could go kayaking with them they specially put together a kayaking course for me you know like a 7 day kayaking course in those days it it wasn't organized at all right it was it was you just go there you get into the boat and you know there is there is a guide who who's kind of trying to teach you because there was no formal way of teaching that sport it was just very haphazard the guide just did it in a sense the guide just kind of taught you whatever he knew and you know whatever he thought was important or whatever he felt was the right way to teach the sport so yeah it was it was 7 days of absolute struggle you know because it was it's uh, kayaking like all adventure sports is much harder than it looks so when you see an expert you know navigating the waters or you see like somebody who's really good at it they make it look easy but what uh, what you what you can't see is the amount of uh, pain and effort and all the suffering that they have been through to get to the level that that they are and that is true for any uh, athlete as well you know when you see like a sprinter you know who's who's like running a 400 meter race uh, you know you see that his stride is graceful and is uh, and, and and he's 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 sprinting around the track and uh, and there's like some beauty and poetry uh, when you just look at it uh but what you don't see is the amount of effort the pain and the dedication that has uh, that has been put in to get to the level where he or he or she is is at right now 
So, so yeah, that is pretty much how it started. I mean, I did a seven-day course. I, I learned something. But when I came back to Bangalore, it was I, I felt I needed a way to pursue this somehow, right? Uh, because it was not a scalable option to just keep going to education, doing the course and coming back. And, and, you know, for the first six months, in fact, that's what I did. Anytime I got like maybe a three-day weekend, I would take a flight to Delhi. Then from Delhi, I would uh, take a train to Rishikesh, you know, just paddle kayak for two days and then like make the journey back. So as you can, as you can imagine, it was expensive in terms of, I mean, it was expensive in terms of both money as, as well as the time that was invested. I, I needed to find a way to pursue this passion, you know, locally. That is what kind of got me thinking of how to like get this started, something, get something started where I don't have to like keep investing this time and effort into going to Rishikesh. I'm just kayaking for two days and then coming back. Bangalore seems like a very unlikely place for you to start a kayaking company. So, so again, my questions are twofold, right? First one is, where do you go kayaking around Bangalore? And the second thing is, what, uh, which part or which aspect of kayaking really drew you to it? Like what, what made it stick? Because you could have pursued like a variety of other activities as well, right? But there was something different about kayaking that, that it stayed with you. So what was that? To answer the first question, where do we go kayaking, right? So I think a lot of people know that Bangalore is at, at, at an altitude. There, there are, and because of that, there are multiple lakes, you know, that are, uh, they, they call it the city of lakes, right? So even though, you know, you it's not uh, the ideal place for whitewater kayaking, it is the place where you start. So before before you can run, you know, you need to know how to walk, right? So before you, before you can start taking on white water, you need to be able to control the kayak on flat water. So there are multiple avenues within Bangalore where you can go to and just, just get started. Get started with level one, level two, just, just get the basics sorted before you uh, move on to like harder and harder stuff. Now around Bangalore, basically not too far from Bangalore, about three to four hours drive, there are many, many river sections that, that you can go to. We have rivers in Pook, we have rivers in Kerala, we have rivers in Agumbe, we pretty much all over the Western Ghats, you know, we have a lot of the rivers that originate, especially during the monsoon season. And uh, some of these rivers are also, uh, you know, they, they, they last throughout the year, like Kaveri being one of them. So that, that in fact is like the closest whitewater section to Bangalore. So in that sense, South of India has its fair share of rivers. And even after like six years of being in this in this space, I can tell you that we've only maybe explored the 5% of the rivers that, that, that are potentially kayakable rivers and whitewater kayakable rivers. And some of these rivers are absolute world-class rivers. You know, we have had kayakers from all over the world, you know, so world champion kayakers who've come from uh, Europe, they've come from New Zealand, they've come from America. And they've come down and said that uh, these rivers are, are absolute world class. And some of the sections that we have, especially near Kerala and Coop, they are, you know, the ideal training ground for athletes or, you know, for kayakers who want to, who, who aspire to become like world class athletes. So, so yeah, there is no dearth of white water and water in South of India. It's always a challenge to seek out river bodies that are clean because a large water bodies in cities and uh, even even rivers that end up flowing near cities get fairly polluted so it's a bit of challenge to find the actual section but uh, i mean find sections where you can you can go and practice and you know spend like 3 4 days on the river and not get sick but you know as you go along and as more people in the sport join in you know there is a lot of parallel discovery that happens and then there are uh, there are these resource sharing platforms like facebook and uh, whatsapp and whatnot right where people just exchange data and over a period of time you build kind of like a repository of places where you can go to 
and you always have uh, options no matter what season wow that's very surprising but that's that's good to know <laughs> yeah that, but that's that's absolutely the first question that we get you know like when people ask us oh we are a whitewater kayaking company is like whitewater but we thought whitewater is only in rishikesh it's in ladakh and the himalayas what what kind of whitewater is there in the south uh but but there is a plethora of white water in our part of the world in fact we host uh, my company has hosted uh, two kayaking festivals one of them is the malabar river festival that happens in july in kerala and then we have the kali kayak festival that happens in dandeli both of these uh, festivals are, are are pretty big the the malabar river festival is the much larger of the two and uh, in 2018 we had the world championship edition of the malabar river festival so we had uh, 15 of the world's best athletes from all over the world come down and compete at this festival including red bull athletes including olympic champions ex olympic champions current Olymp- uh, current uh, olympians people who are pretty much uh, at the top of the game right now they have uh, they they are sponsored athletes and in total we had about 150 athletes who came and competed in that festival wow congratulations that sounds awesome yeah thank you and and a lot of them felt that uh, this was this this was the the kind of quality of white water that we had was pretty much as good as you know white water that they have anywhere in the world you know it's, it's very encouraging when these, these things happen and it kind of also gives us a validation of things that we've been trying to pursue for uh, for years there, there's something that you know and then when somebody else who's way way better than you comes and tells you like oh man you know what you got in your backyard is amazing so that's that's always like uh, something that uh, comes as a, a nice surprise Absolutely. What part of the kayaking experience uh, stayed with you, and uh, you know, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? One of the things that attracted me to to kayaking was the water aspect. I've I've always been, uh, I've always you know liked hanging on near water, water bodies, right? So I've been swimming since I was three. For example, uh, I, I mean, I'm not a competitive swimmer or anything like that, but uh, whenever there was a chance, whenever I was growing up, uh, you know, and the opportunity presented. Uh, to go swimming somewhere in in a pool or a lake, you know, I would happily jump on that chance. And and yeah, so that that was the draw, you know, that got me to to actually even attempt something like this. Once I started taking this sport up, uh, I I felt that it also helped me understand a lot about myself. You know, I mean, it it kind of made me better and stronger as a person. that even though that i felt that what is environment that i should be really comfortable with and it should come easy to me when i started kayaking that was not the case i i was seriously challenged at uh, at pretty much every turn you know the initial learning curve, curve was a little bit hard and after i started getting to a point where i thought i was getting it there were still many many obstacles but at the same time it was very addictive you know and i think that's true for any adventure adventure sport that uh, there is that that addiction angle that uh, comes when you doing something where you have to challenge yourself but as far as kayaking goes it's also uh, it's also sport where i always tell my students like when we are learning how to when you are when people are coming to learn how to kayak i tell them look it's a it's a team sport kayaking is a team sport but it's a team sport that is done individually so everybody has their own boat everybody is is kind of you know in control of where they are going everybody has to choose their own lines even though you can see somebody in front of you you know taking a particular line through a rapid you still have to you know maneuver your boat and you still have to make that effort and you still have to put in those strokes to follow the kayaker in front of you exactly and to make sure that you are safe so in the end 
you you are in control of your destiny while you're on the river to put it that way right uh, it's not as dramatic as that but the the feeling of freedom that you get right while you're being on the river and it's it's a very raw experience you know it's it's kind of hard to put into words this is something that you have to feel when you're in your own boat and when you are uh, when when you're on the river and when you are looking at the rapids downstream of you and it's like a very personal conversation that you have uh, with nature with yourself and uh, and it's i would say it's also a bit of a spiritual experience right and it a lot of these things just come together and makes it so addictive that that every time you accomplish something or even if you don't uh, accomplish your goals during the weekend that that you are out on the river it still makes you wa- want to go back and 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 learn more and try or try some new things try some new rivers the other aspect is also there's this very strong bond of community that gets formed with the people that you go kayaking with right every everybody's fighting their own battles but at the same time if somebody gets into trouble you're always there to help them out to to try and rescue them or give them a helping hand or if somebody's having a bad day on the river you you know you're you're always talking to them trying to encourage them trying to build up their confidence and then at the end of the day once the kayaking is done you're sitting and you know you're sitting uh, at the restaurant or whatever having a few rounds of beer and you're going through the stories uh, so i think even that that entire experience create like the sense of uh, camaraderie and you know the sense of brotherhood sisterhood whatever right and you you kind of really feel close to the people that you've gone kayaking with and, and you can you, you feel like you can trust them with anything right so so i think all of those aspects are uh, is 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 something that yeah i mean i don't know if i've been very clear in in describing all of that because it's 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 kind of hard but uh, no you're very clear in describing yeah. it because uh, whatever you described was very similar to so i've been on a, a, a lot of treks and uh, during uh, our uh, basic mountaineering course people who were, who were doing the course with so they told us that uh, the same sense of camaraderie and community gets built because it's the brotherhood of the rope so something similar right, is right. it's like here it's the brotherhood of the kayak and i think that's the interesting part about uh, doing things together and uh, doing things as part of a group because that bond gets created and uh, that that becomes so special right absolutely absolutely and and the fact you know that uh, that it's it's just the nature of the sport that it's a lot of uh, you know i always say that a lot of most of the adventure sports are 70% mental and 30% physical right so the physical aspect can can be gained by just continuous practice continuous practice but that 70% mental aspect is something that you really have to focus on you really have to talk to yourself you really have to mentally prepare and that is like the harder part and that is depending on who you are as an individual and how mentally strong you are how uh, resilient you are as a person and that teaches you a lot about yourself as well right there's so many times when you can just go back and say hey man i i just can't do this this, this is too overwhelming for me right and you know the moment you convince yourself that it is not and you can actually like do this you know you, you can actually take that fear and channel it into something positive it's it's a very powerful force you know it's a very powerful emotion that you challenge because fear what what, what is it uh, fight fright and fear you know those are three big emotions right so and if you can channel fear you can you can actually make it uh, make sure that you are performing at your peak levels right so 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 many times you know you you're like standing on top of a rapid and you think oh man this is so hard how am i going to do it and uh, you you're having this conversation like you know these are all the things that can go wrong and i can get into some serious amount of trouble 
then when you actually make up your mind you say okay i'm going to run it you know then you shut out everything you shut out the, all the negatives and you just focus on where you want to be you focus on uh, hitting the line that you you want to take and that is essentially you're channeling on that fear right you're channeling that fear and you're putting it uh, and you're making it work for you and when you actually do it and when you accomplish it that that uh, that feeling that 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 rush of adrenaline the that uh, the rush of blood to your head it is unparalleled and i think that is what brings out the addiction right i guess all the dopamine levels that get released and they're getting released all over the place So absolutely I can I can almost feel uh, the enthusiasm in your voice and uh, you know it's giving me goosebumps I just want to I, I want to get up and you know go on a, a kayak trip with you the sure that would be great I mean <laughs> our entire thing is to inspire people to take up this sport right I mean uh, I always say that look you know you don't have to be like a super athlete to learn kayaking anybody can do it it's 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 up to you it looks hard and it is it is a little bit hard but what what is not hard right i mean learning to play a guitar is hard for example you know learning how to play the drums is hard uh, learning how to write computer programs is hard so there is it's it's hard when you don't know how to do it but once you start breaking it down and you spend enough time with it you you start getting the hang of it anybody can get the hang of it and what and after being an instructor what i have found really surprising is uh, how much better women are at kayaking than men you know i mean i don't want to generalize but it's true from like all the people that i have trained i just feel that women get this so much faster than men do right and I, when i've thought about this i have uh, the reason that i've the reason that i've come up with at least what makes sense to me is that men tend to power into things you know they 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 feel that you know what this is uh, if i have to cross the stream i have to cross the raging current let me put a lot of effort into it let me put all my power into it that is not the right way i mean of course you need some amount of power but more importantly you need technique you know you need the right timing and and technique right so technique timing and power in that order right and women just tend to you know because they they again i don't want to generalize but because they don't tend to rely a whole lot on power they tend to focus on their technique and timing a lot more and what i've seen is that in in my experience like you know you you take you 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 you, you take a set of women you take a set of men and you train them for 3 days i can absolutely put my money on it that uh, the women will actually be acing rapids and uh, it was better than uh, the same sample size set size of of the men i can kind of relate to it because uh, my wife and i had gone uh, kayaking in uh, vietnam recently in december and uh, okay. uh, i was i was losing my mind because i don't know how to swim and uh, this this was actually in uh, one of the bays so we were actually in the ocean and i was like boy if i if i turn if this kayak goes down i am done for <laughs> and and i was losing my mind and my wife was there you know telling me to just relax and she showed me how to maneuver it and even though we both are doing it for the first time but you know we just went around yeah, yeah. a bunch of uh, uh, curse these limestone curses that are there off the coast of vietnam and uh, mm-hmm. we went around and then we by the time we came back i was like man you're so much more better than this that i am so <laughs> you're you're kind of uh, validating yeah that. like i said it's 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 a, it's there is a mental aspect to it uh, and there is also the uh, what what i like to say the fluidity of body movements right the flexibility and when you're in your kayak you know you're you're so close to the water you can feel like every ripple you can feel every every wave of the water moving underneath your boat right so it is a question of being one with the medium right and uh, the more you let it go the more that you uh, your body is loose and relaxed the better that you're going to be at uh, the sport and that is true for a lot of like gravity sports whether you take skiing or mountain biking you know 
So essentially, you know, this fluidity, being loose, being relaxed, so that you are one, uh, that you are kind of one with the medium, right? right? Whether you are going down slope on a mountain bike or on a ski or going down on a kayak on water, it's it's kind of like you know it becomes really important to be relaxed, as as and uh, focused and staying calm and kind of just going with the flow, you know, as much as possible. So what what are the things that uh... you would suggest for people who want to you know pick up their kayak for the first time or you know what what are some things that people need to keep in mind apart from what you just mentioned it's it's about uh, just coming with an open mind if you're doing something for the first time i mean if you signed up for say for a course then you've obviously have done some research you convince yourself that this is something interesting and you want to try this all i can say is you know that you come with an open mind right and you 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 may have some preconceived notions about uh, whether it's going to be easy or whether it's going to be hard and those are okay right but but the entire but people need to remember that you know when you're starting off something uh, the first maybe first 6 months of of the journey is about is is all discovery is and there are a lot of things that you that you'll be surprised by there are there are there are many things that you think that you thought were very hard but will actually turn out to be easy and the vice versa as, as well there are a lot of things that you thought oh this can this go to come very easy to me that will actually be really hard right so in all of this you just kind of like need to understand that this is a learning experience and you got to keep like you know uh, building on it and learning from the experience and making yourself better right so it's 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 all about just having like an open mind and being receptive to new ideas and new experiences agreed and like you mentioned uh, there there's so much of this which is true for so many of the things that we do so i guess engaging in outdoor sports or adventure sports will also help us become more flexible as individuals and help us uh, you know broaden our horizons in terms of the way we think and the way we do things right right the other thing yeah, that i've always noticed with uh, you know whoever does uh, adventure sports or does things out in the nature is that they're much more in tune to the kind of damage that we're causing to the environment than uh, the the people who are not right so uh, i am i'm a mountaineer i go i go trekking or i i go running or whatever it is and i'm very attuned to see that oh the slopes have so much garbage there's there's so much plastic mm-hmm. everywhere and i make it a point right. to you know tell everyone around that we have to clean it mm-hmm. i've spoken to other people like who are a, whether you're a scuba diver or whatever it is but i guess what this process ends up making us do is it makes us so self aware of the damage that we're causing to the environment as well and so i've always noticed that the adventure the ones who do adventure sports are also the ones who are always leading those efforts against climate change and conservation and uh, you know preserving right. all right. of this uh, natural beauty that right. we have around right. us right absolutely absolutely so i mean think of it this way see this is your playground right i imagine you have your backyard where you you are going every day and playing now somebody throws like uh, some shit on it or some somebody dumps garbage uh you're not going to enjoy it as much as 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 you would normally would right so it, there is there is a strong sense of desire to make sure that uh, it's it's also a bit, it's also driven by a selfish desire to to come back to the same place and uh, enjoy it as pristine as it used to be so it a part of it is driven by that and the other part i feel is that that you know people who pursue adventure sports uh, in a way it sort of makes you it makes you a leader of 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 men you know it there are so many things uh, that that you learn in that journey right uh, in your pursuit of an adventure sport that make you mentally stronger it makes you uh, more confident as a person 
and these are the essential qualities of people who lead right and and when you lead then you are in a position where people will listen to you and you are in a position where you can actually strive for a change right so which is why you know a lot of these people become campaigners for uh, for whatever global warming and for climate change and you know they 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 become the voices uh, because they've exp- they they because they have the experience one and the other is because you know they they are the people who uh, who want to be heard right and are more likely to be heard absolutely as we reach towards the end of the episode uh, manik so what what are some of the things that uh, you know you wish would have preferred to know earlier i think the only thing that i i i wished that that i could have done differently is if i could have started this at a much younger age right? <laughs> i mean i have no regrets as to uh, when i started and, uh, and 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 what i knew before i before i started obviously i didn't know anything right i didn't know how hard it is going to be i didn't know what are the rivers i i had there were a lot of things it's it's as simple as you know what you don't know you don't know right so if there's one thing that i could wish and if there's one thing that i could i don't have any children but if i had a child i, I mean i i would be very happy if an opportunity was there for him or her to pursue this at a very young age right you pursue this when they are 11 12 in their formative years so by the time they're 18 19 they they have a you know either they they realize that they want to do it or if, and if they want to do it then they they are pretty much at the top of the game because you are uh, because because when you learn this at a young age you know you uh, your your body is developing you're much more flexible you 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 have less amount of preconceived notions about who you are and what you can do so so i believe those are factors that are very conducive to learning especially learning and athletic activity and i'm very happy to see that in a lot of areas you know whether not just kayaking but but i see this with scuba diving i see this with uh, rock climbing even with uh, even with like skate parks around bangalore that uh, that that there are a fair amount of kids you know as young as 6 7 who who have started pursuing uh, adventure sports and that's that is something that uh, just holds us in good stead you know uh, another maybe 10 15 years down the line we will see lot many more adventure sports athletes emerging from india and some of them even like competing at the highest levels all over the world so i'm i'm really hopeful and i'm look forward to that day fantastic fantastic so as as we conclude uh, uh, manik so how how does it feel to be on the passion people podcast been a welcome change it's taken me back from my home that i'm sitting right now I, i the last 30 minutes was actually i felt like i was on the river you know hearing the sounds leading my body is down following somebody you know or down some rapids so so yeah you know it was a momentary escape for for these 30 minutes so i thank you for that thank you it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as well and uh, it's, it's been a wonderful conversation hey guys thanks for tuning into the show we appreciate you taking the time out for this if you like what you heard please share this with a few friends and leave a review rating on your favorite podcaster This will help more people learn about the podcast. Until next time, this is Krithika from the Passion People podcast wishing you a wonderful week ahead. Stay passionate. Cheers.